Um, and what I really had in my heart, I believe the Holy Spirit put this in my heart, there are some people this morning that your hearts are hurting. And that could be for a million different reasons. You know what it might be in your life. And I'm not talking about, you know, just the heart that's in your chest, but you know what I mean. Your heart is hurting. Something's hurting on the inside. You've had some disappointment. Maybe you failed at something. Maybe somebody's hurt you. Maybe you're just troubled by a number of things. We can take that to the Lord. We can take that to the Lord. And one of the signs when it hurts, that's a signal to us that you can't carry it. You've got to give it over to God. And so let's do that. Let's give that over to the Lord. Ask for his help. Ask for his wisdom as well. Why don't we go ahead and let's stand up together. We're going to pray. We're going to lift our hands, and that's a Bible thing to do. 
The Bible says, lift your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Apostle Paul wrote this too. He said, I wish that people would pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. So let's do that right now, without wrath, without doubting. Father God, we come to you this morning. We acknowledge that you are almighty God and you are also our heavenly Father. You know everything. There's nothing that you cannot do. We are not here by mistake or happenstance. We're not here by habit. Our steps are ordered of you. And I thank you, Lord, that in this moment, in this holy moment, a divine intersection of your people and your spirit and your word, I pray that you do incredible things in each of our lives. Holy Spirit, I, I believe that you put on my heart this morning, there are people, their hearts are hurting today. You said in your word that you're near to those that are of a, a broken heart. You save those that are of a contrite spirit. I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would bring comfort, that you bring relief, that you bring answers, that you'd work on our behalf, that you'd perfect that which concerns us. We ask you to change some things, fix some things, neutralize some things, bring some things, create things. God, we just look to you this morning. I thank you that you're great. I thank you that you're able. I thank you that you're strong. And I thank you that you're precious and you're close. So just breathe upon your people right now. Comfort, comfort, comfort your people. Bring peace. Bring hope. And yes, God, bring wisdom. That if in our situation there's something we're to do, show us what we're to do or to not do. Give us courage. Give us timing. Give us grace. We thank you, Lord. We trust you. We're going to thank you in advance for this. We receive the comfort of you. Let peace flow like a river. Let joy rise like the sun. And we thank you, God. We love you because you first loved us in such an incredible way. Thank you for our time together now. And Lord, I thank you that as your word goes forth, it will not return into you void. It will accomplish what you've sent it out to do in every heart, every life, every situation. I thank you for it will bear much fruit today. Holy Spirit, you're the teacher. Anoint me to deliver your word. Anoint your people to hear and receive today. And I declare we'll never, ever be the same ever again. Thank you for what you're going to do. And once again, our prayer is that when everything is said and done today, we want that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, Jesus, may you be pleased, may you be honored, and may these your people, every single one of them, be helped today. That is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen, amen. and amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Let's thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And how about a great big welcome for our online family, too. Let's welcome them today. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. It's going to be a good morning. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're starting a six-week series called Best Summer Ever. How many of you would like your best summer ever? All right. About 17 of you. That's good. Now, come on. How many of you really want good summer? All right. 
So we're going to have a lot of fun stuff happening uh, to go along with this series during the summer. Best summer ever, living life to the, to the fullest. I really love summer. Um, I think I love whatever season's coming up. Are you kind of like that, you know? Um, Alicia and I were talking about this the other day. Can you remember being in elementary school and it's the last day of school before summer break? Do you all remember that? And I remember looking at that big clock on the wall and there's like 21 minutes till that final bell. And you're watching the big second hand just go around, you know, just go all the way around because freedom was coming. And my teacher was talking, but I could not hear her. You remember on Charlie Brown, the voice of the teacher? Womp, 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 womp. That's, that's pretty much all I heard for that last 20 minutes or so. And then you get out and you were just free, you know. And you felt like a burden had been lifted and you could actually have fun. And, and you know, you were there, right? Did you all go to school? Okay. And uh, just wonderful that way. And I want you to feel that this summer. And you say, there is no way. And why would you, with everything that's going on in the world, launch a series called Best Summer Ever? Pastor, are you not paying attention to what's going on in our world? I still think we can have Best Summer Ever. Because it's a matter of perspective. It is a matter of big picture. And see, some people don't see the big picture. All they can see is a screen that's about this size that says $5.05 a gallon. You know, they just focused in on that. How many of you know there's more to all of this than just that? Come on, y'all with me today? All right. And so we have to have perspective and we have to think big picture. And we just sang about it this morning. I mean, it was, it was striking me, especially during this service, the goodness of God. The good, has he been good to you? Yeah, his goodness and mercy have followed us. They have pursued us all the days of our life. Even when you are a knucklehead. Were any of you ever a knucklehead? I don't know if that's even politically correct to say anymore, but I was a knucklehead, okay? I was destined to be a pirate one day, but I got saved. But it's perspective. Look with me in Psalm 27, verse 13. I would have lost heart. It literally means I would have caved in. I would have just given up. Unless I had believed, it's important that you're a believer. Unless I had believed that I would see, come on, help me, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The goodness of the Lord, where? In the land of the living. You know where that is? That's, that's where we live. It's where we live. It's the now. And I believe, listen to me, I believe, I, I do this every day, I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord today. Now, a lot of people don't believe that. But do you know what I see every day? The goodness of the Lord. I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord. And look at with me in Proverbs 15, 15 in the Amplified Bible. All the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings. But, come on, give me a big but. I didn't mean that like it sounded. But he who has a glad heart, come on, read this part with me, has a continual feast regardless of circumstances. There's your best summer ever. So to help all of this, to help our perspective, and for us to actually contribute to it being the best summer ever, 
there, there's something that we all need to quit. There's something that we need to stop, we need to cease, and we need to avoid. Um, let me set it up for you. We have in our country right now an epidemic of rudeness. So today I want to talk about rid of rude. Come on, say it with me. Rid of rude. So we're going we're gonna to dig into this a little bit today. Um, it's everywhere. Like I said, it's epidemic. It's on TV. It's on media. Social media, which is a monster. Politicians. Customers, employees. It's everywhere. Restaurants, places of business. The other day, Alicia and I were in Tampa every now and then. She and I do something called a Tampa Day, and uh, she grew up there, and that's where I met her, and we just like going to Tampa. Um, and we ate at the Columbia restaurant. How many of you ever been, ever been there? Come on. Can I get a better amen? And uh, wonderful restaurant, been there since 1905. And uh, they have this sign up in the lobby. I took a picture of it. You can bring that up. It says, welcome, please be kind when you dine. We're glad you're here, like most in the hospitality industry and other businesses, we're adapting and coping through this crisis. We're experiencing shortages of staff, supplies, and time. It will take all of us together along with patience, kindness, understanding, and compassion, and together we'll get through this. That's, that's well put, well done, yeah. Why on earth, why on earth do we even need to put up a sign like that? It's because we've become so rude and so impatient. Plus, we're living in a day of a bully culture that uses media and social media as its vehicles and, and weapons where there are views and agendas that are being forced upon others. Um, and you get shamed if you don't agree with everything just right or say everything just right. And we've got cancel culture. And the reality is, you can't live by all that because eventually one day, everybody paints themselves into a corner. Everybody ends up painting in a corner because we're trying to act like nobody's ever, ever done anything wrong that's pointing their finger at everybody else, and that's just not, just not so. Scripture says, you know, that all have sinned. And if, we, if he should count our iniquities, who can stand? just all of us. And we need to inject back into our world, into our culture, into our lives, something besides rudeness. Now to hold or express an, an opinion is not rudeness. But it's how you hold your opinion. It's how you express your opinion. You know, you can take a right thing and present it in the wrong way. Anybody here? And you can disagree without being disagreeable. That's possible. But rudeness is, unfortunately, highly contagious and spreads very easily. So does kindness, but we'll talk about that in a moment. But it is highly contagious, especially if nothing is done. So something needs to be done about rudeness. 
So my administration and I have, we're implementing a new mask mandate. I'll show it to you. I think it'd be pretty effective. This is a mask for rudeness. We can't see your scowl and your voice will be muffled. And like all previous masks, it won't be 100% effective. But this would be good. And conventional wisdom too, if you're feeling rude, just stay home, okay? You know, or at least keep six feet from other people if you're, if you're feeling rude. With the mask also are gonna come some special gloves uh, so that you can't type or gesture, okay? I can't fix, that. all right, you can get rid of the bucket head, yeah, all right. I can't fix the whole world, I wish I could. I can't fix the whole world, I'm working on me. But I can remind and I can instruct the people of God and the family of Meadowbrook Church. That God has a better way. That God has a better way and that rudeness should not be numbered among us. And we'll, we'll see that as, as we go along today. Just by definition, rudeness is disrespect. It's no civility. It's to be discourteous, ill-mannered, impolite, impatient, unhelpful, unaware. And our culture is more and more rude, impatient, disrespectful, confrontational. The last 10 years, doing some research and in literature, the last 10 years, there's been an incredible uh, increase, rise of rudeness. And in the last five years, remarkably, rapidly spreading rudeness into every area of our culture. And so our culture is more and more rude, more and more impatient, more and more demanding and disrespectful and confrontational and, and short-tempered. And, and if there were a, this were an Olympic event, I think the United States would get gold. Because you know, we've become really good at it. And people seem to be proud that they're rude. Tell you what I told them. Tell you what I did. And um, we're going to look at this. And people think it's, it's acceptable, and it's, it's, really, it's really not. Targeted our authorities, law enforcement, teachers, parents, on and on. And it just further divides us, further diminishes us, further damages us. Uh, in one place I read, it said our culture has a fractured soul. The soul of our culture has been fractured because of this disrespect and, and rudeness. Being upset is understandable. Being rude is not. Are y'all with me? Rudeness does more damage, and it's just not okay. It's not okay. Hear me. Rudeness is not okay. Nothing good ever comes from rudeness. Nothing good. You can be upset about something. That is understandable. And there are right ways to handle being upset with something. But nothing good ever comes from, from rudeness. Um, Eric Hoffer, he's a longshoreman and a philosopher. I have a number of quotes by him. He said this, rudeness is the weak man's imitation of strength. Think about that. Um, and let me just 
start with us. Can I do that? We should not be rude. And when we come together, or when we go all our separate ways, we should never be rude people. Let's just talk about us coming together, because we're here, okay? When we come together, we need to be welcoming. We need to be aware of one another. Some people, not second service, first people, first service people. They just think about them and their three friends. Us four, no more. Got to get our parking spot, got to get our seat, got to do this, got to do that, get out of our way. We didn't even notice anybody else was there. And you don't be that. And when people come in this door, anybody that comes in this door, you welcome them. I said, you welcome them. Well, they don't look like me, they don't act like me, they don't believe like I do. Well, listen, the only one that can fix any of us is God. And if someone's making efforts toward God, don't you get in the way. Don't you get in the way. And so this is about good news, and this is about, you know, this is not a museum, as been said. This is a hospital, you know, for a bunch of broken people. <laughs> and I'm in charge. So we need God. <laughs> but we need to be aware of one another. Because part of rudeness is being unaware, being unwelcoming, being impolite, being self-serving. All of those things. We need to be aware of one another. Um, welcome people. Smile at people. Hold the door for people. Uh, make allowances for other folks. During service, don't do things that distract people. Don't do things that distract yourself. Don't you block anybody from hearing God's word or entering worship. Or, it's okay, I talk to you, right? Uh, virtually every service, I give an altar call for people to come forward so that they can, get this, receive Jesus into their life. Or come back to Jesus. And some people are more focused on, i got to get to my car and beat everybody to the restaurant. Maybe you don't always see it all the time, but sometimes I'm giving that altar call and I got slews of people making their way out, actually sometimes blocking, hindering, distracting people from making their way forward to find, to find Jesus. Can't tell you, it's rude. It's rude. So I'm just asking you to hold on just a little bit. We'll all get there. We've actually done some studies on this. We can clear this parking lot in less than 14 minutes. Everybody, everybody. I know of churches, hear me. I know of churches that it takes you 45 minutes to an hour to get out of the parking lot. Churches of our size. We've got three accesses coming and going. We hire law enforcement to help direct traffic. We have volunteer teams of parkers to help us, you know, to do all that. You'll get there. I promise you'll get there. And you go to a Gator game or go to Disney World or go to wherever you want to go, you're going to have traffic too. And there are no stakes as high as people accepting Jesus into their life. Amen. And it'd be really, really awesome you turn off your phones. I'm treading lightly. That's up here at what I'm doing here. And uh, we have a lot of bathrooms. And go to them before you come. Okay? You know, so they can actually all sit here and not, you know, just so many things that could distract or take us away. Do you know what I just did? This is called speaking the truth in love. Because I love you and I want the very best service for you, but I also want the very best service 
for everybody, for everybody. Amen? All right. Well, now we've talked about us. Let's talk about others now, all right? Rudeness attacks and unravels the very essence of humanity. It violates civility. It undermines authority and structure, and rudeness ends up in chaos. Rudeness actually assaults and insults the Imago Dei. Do you know what the Imago Dei is? It's the image of God. Every person, say it, every person. Every person is created in the likeness and the image of God, the Imago Dei. And when you, when you are rude to someone, when you dishonor them, when you disrespect them and, and are impolite to them or ignore them, when you do that, it's actually an insult to the Imago Dei. It's not just what they did, it's to that person because guess what? It hurts them. It goes down on the inside. When someone is rude or dis disrespectful to you or ignores you, guess what? It hurts. Come on, it hurts. And you feel attacked. You feel devalued. You feel ignored. You feel injured. And here's what we say, because it hurts you on the inside. That's holy ground. You don't hurt people anyway. But then you don't hurt people on the inside. When you, when you get hurt on the inside, here's what we say. Put it on the screen for me here. You hurt my, my feelings. How many of you have ever heard your feelings hurt? Had your feelings hurt? Y'all don't get out much, do you? How many of you have ever had your feelings hurt? Come on. And you remember that more than the time you, you banged your shin on something or whatever. It's like, you'll remember that about a place, about an event, about people, that it hurt you in some holy ground on the inside. And we have no right. No one has a right to try to, I'm going to hurt you, to hurt you on the inside. And here's what happens. When we get hurt, we want to hurt back. Uh, uh, oh, will you, you say that to me? I say that to you times ten and your mom. <laughs> right? And we accomplished nothing. The only people you should try to get even with are the people who have helped you. Try to get even with the people who have helped you. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you're a child of God, if you're a true follower of Jesus, hear me, then you're part of an entirely different kingdom. We have an entirely different playbook. We have an entirely different way of doing things and handling things. Did you hear what I said? It's all complete. We're not, I'm a citizen of the United States, but more important, I'm just passing through here. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a child of my heavenly father. And in his family, we're not rude. Y'all hear me? We're not rude. Now, we raised five children, Alicia and I, at least five. Seemed like. We raised five children, and, you know, there were times where I said, well, my, my friend's parents let them do this. And my friend's parents do that, and they're allowed to, or they never get to. And I said, well, that, that's not your parents. That's this family. And in our family, everybody say that, in our family. And I'm talking about the family of God. If God is your heavenly father, if you're a real true follower of Jesus, 
We're part of a whole different kingdom. We handle things in a whole different way than the world does. Amen? And we are not rude in this family. And when we are rude in this family, do you know what else we do? Because we're, come on, we're rude, we're impolite, we're impatient, we get out of sorts. But you know what else we do in this family? We get it right then. We don't leave it. We forgive. We humble ourselves. We apologize. We fix things. We talk it out. We pray with one another. We let it go. Even if they're not interested in being at peace, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at peace. I'm going to let it go. I've been forgiven us so much, I can forgive you. I've had so much grace in my life, I can give grace and mercy to you. Amen. Amen. 